Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. This is Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services rep, bringing you this week's awesome episode. On tap, we have Tiffany Lamandola, our economist with Blemling with a market update. Anya Radaba, our CEO, brings us her CEO's update for this month. And Darby had a chance to sit down with Daryl Moss of Moss Energy Works to talk about a recent award they won in sustainability and the great work that they're doing with California dairy producers. A big shout out to Darby, who you'll hear from at the end of the episode, who did most of the legwork on this week's podcast as I've been battling a huge deadline for the North Coast Water Board. We look forward to joining you guys together in studio next week. And until then, we hope you enjoy our guests in today's show. Hi, folks. Hope you had a great week. Well, we got the May milk production report, and it was another doozy. Um, kind of on top of our minds is the fact that the nation's herd increased yet again, up 5,000 head from April to May. And they also did a plus 10,000 head revision to the April's figures. So that puts cow numbers up 145,000 year over year. That's the largest gap we've seen since 2008. And of course, more, more cows uh, made more milk. U.S. Uh, increased 4.6% over year over year. That was the largest increase we've seen since February of 2012, though it does compare to relatively weak figures of May of last year, certainly as kind of all the supply disruptions hit. Um, even so, numbers were solid. All major milk producing regions saw pretty big gains led by the Southwest, which was up 7.3%. And here in California, we saw a 5% year over year boost. Moving over to cheese, we've seen a lot of uh, supply come to Chicago. Um, that continues to pressure our market some. We ended with blocks at 149. That was just a quarter cent lower for the week, uh, but below the $1.50 mark for the first time of May since May of 2020. Barrels also settled at 149, but that was down five and a quarter cents uh, from last week. We did see volume lighten up a little this week relative to the previous, um, I don't know, pre previous month, really. Um, so we'll be watching closely to see what next week brings, um, wondering whether, you know, if bargain buyers are stepping, you know, forward to buy product off the exchange, or maybe we've finally worked through some products. So stay tuned. Hopefully we'll have some more insight in the upcoming uh, sessions. We also got the cold storage report and, um, you know, it told us what the market has been telling us for some time. Uh, we have plenty of cheese around. Total cheese stocks were up 0.7% year over year. Um, and inventories increased about 1.1% month over month. Uh, the demand picture on cheese still remains uh, pretty good, uh, fairly unchanged. We're still seeing kind of this retail restaurant sales recalibration. Uh, more consumers are heading out to eat. So grocery purchases are down, um, you know, just a little bit, but actually still pretty strong. We're up about 10% over 2019 levels for the first week of June. Moving over to butter, um, there too, the cold storage report uh, told us we have a lot of butter on hand at 400 million pounds. That's the first time for the month since 1993. And that's up almost 7% year over year. We saw a little more availability of butter um, make its way to Chicago. 
and pushed us out of that, you know, we'd been in that 175 to 185 range for a while. We pushed outside to the lower end of that, uh, or past the lower end of that to 170, 175 for the week, down six and three quarter cents. Non-fat um, was pretty quiet. We traded right around 125. We closed the week at 125.50, unchanged week over week. Still heavy milk flows out there. So those are keeping balancing plants pretty busy. But at the same time, demand still is said to be fairly healthy and hopefully keeping those stockpiles from mounting. We saw another really solid month of purchases out of China for powder. Um, for the month of April, up uh, 110% on skim milk powder. Um, so the big question is, will those buying rates continue? Uh, you know, past May, and um, you know, at at what rate? Uh, that will be the big question. Have have they front loaded purchases, or will they stay in uh, at the same aggressive level? Finally, uh, the gray market, still very much a weather market. This week, the weather helped us out, and we saw uh, the corn and soybean futures fall, and traders take a little profit. We did see the corn crop um, ratings deteriorate slightly, with USDA pegging uh, the corn crop about 60, 65% in good or excellent condition. That was down from 68% the week prior and 72% last year. Hope you have a great week. We'll talk with you soon. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com safety. Hi, dairy families. This is Anya Radabaugh with Western United Dairies doing a solo update for you on this Friday afternoon. I hope everyone is looking forward to the 4th of July holiday coming up. I'd like to take this opportunity to chat about some of the things WUD's been hard at work on to try and bring you some good news headed into another heat spell. We brought on Aubrey Betancourt as the Director of Sustainability for the dairy industry, and we're busy developing new resources to help bring you some collective drought relief. Her focus is water, all day, all the time, and all across the state. There are several pots of money our farming families have access to and Aubrey will be putting together events around the state to make sure no stone is unturned in working to cover our losses. We want everyone to get water, but when that's not possible, we're going to get you money for what's turning into one of the worst years on record for feed costs, heat, and severe curtailment of surface water. Using major funding from the California Cattle Council, the partnership to bring Aubrey on and her talents for keeping farmers farming has yielded a very busy June. In other news, the state legislature sent a budget to the governor's desk this month, but it was a bit of an empty shell. Duplicating a process the legislature tried last year, most of the contentious policy items, including those related to dairy farmers, will be decided through a series of trailer bills throughout the month of July. Funding related for dairy farmer manure methane efforts, including dairy digesters and alternative manure methane projects, currently stands at $60 million offered by the governor. This is a key item what is working to protect as the legislature offers its opinions on the issue. Of important note for dairy products, what is also watching our farmer six when it comes to making sure plant-based alternatives to dairy that show up in school lunch program policies stay buried or killed throughout this budget process. 
Things that are controversial sometimes have a habit of sneaking their way into trailer bills, so our government affairs team is making sure we've got our bases covered. Lastly, WUD, in partnership with the California Cattle Council, hosted a legislative policymaker tour last Friday with Senator Melissa Hurtado on Joey Arroso's dairy down in Tipton. Despite it being nearly 120 degrees that day, the senator and her staff were in good spirits as we discussed Joey's Moss Energy Works Digester project, the separator that made it all possible, and how he uses upcycling commodities not only to save water, but also keep organic waste streams out of the landfills, helping dairies across the state achieve beneficial reduction in greenhouse gases. What is now doing a quarterly tour program using our partnership with the California Cattle Council, and we will be making sure that elected and appointed officials from all across the state get more familiar with dairy and dairy product access. Our dairy tours are also being complemented on the beef side, with California cattlemen's alternating beef ranch and feedlot tours in the off-dairy months. It's a, an aggressive schedule, but our government affairs experience suggests that there is simply no substitute for physical learning and seeing, and that the voice of our farmers continues to be the most regarded in the halls of Sacramento. If you're listening to this podcast and would like to have a policymaker tour on your dairy, please don't hesitate to reach out. You never know. It could be the governor who shows up. I hope you all have a great, hot, and toasty weekend. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. All right, well, I'm here with Daryl Moss of Moss Energy Works. Thank you for stopping by the podcast again to be on Seeing and Heard today. Thanks for having me, Darby. It's always a pleasure. You were on, oh, it's probably been at least six months now, I think, since we've had you on last. So I'm excited to hear an update on what Moss has been up to. Great. It's, it's been a busy year. Yeah, so recently, Moss Energy Works, along with Calgary Dairy Fuels and 15 other California dairy farms, um, recently received the Outstanding Community Impact Award from the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy's 10th Annual Sustainability Award. And that's quite a mouthful. So maybe would you mind giving us some background on this award win, what it entails, and, and kind of just the scope of the award and why you were part of the, the recipients? Sure. So the award is given out for uh, dairy families or groups working together to achieve some of the various sustainability goals uh, that they have at the Innovation Center. And of course, a large one of those is renewable energy production and greenhouse gas reduction, which are, are big industry and governmental goals. So uh, this particular project fit really well into their, their, uh, their lens because it's, it's impacted so many families now. Uh, when it got started in 2017, we started construction. Uh, and it was originally going to be just five or six dairies. And we were going to take cow gas and use it to make ethanol. And that's why Calgren is a partner there. Calgren's the ethanol plant in Pixley. Uh, but we kept getting larger and larger. So we're now up to over 20 dairies are signed up. And we have uh, 15 families delivering gas uh, already 
uh, from a pretty large area. And that gas is being used not just to make ethanol, but it's also being injected into the utility pipeline to make uh, compressed natural gas to fuel vehicles. And so it's just gotten broader and broader. We've expanded the pipeline west and north and east, and we keep signing up big dairies and small dairies, open lots, free stalls, you know, just uh, it's, uh, it's the kind of project that's really fun because you get the whole community in that area gets to succeed together. You know, you get to benefit each other uh, and you get some real economies of scale. Well, you talked about succeeding as a community and I think that's something we can always look for, especially moving forward in the industry. And what impact, apart from what you talked about, do you feel the recipients of this award have on the surrounding communities and how has this project helped them maybe have more of an impact on those communities? Well, just for starters, you know, you're building a lot of pipeline. I think we have over 20 miles of pipeline in the ground and we're building a lot of new ponds and, and you know, gas cleanup equipment. So there's just a whole lot of materials purchasing and, and construction labor that goes into it. Uh, but really the, the benefit comes after that because what you're also doing is you're adding a second revenue source to the dairy. So all the benefits that dairies are already providing as far as employment and, uh, you know, cultivating all those things. Uh, they get more stable now because uh, you've got some diversity of income uh, where the dairies, uh, they're isolated a little bit. Uh, we don't replace their milk income by any means, but we provide a second source of income that uh, is really going to help those dairies stay in business, uh, help them tolerate additional regulation, additional cost better uh, because they're kind of at the leading edge now of, of where the dairy industry is uh, being prodded to go in California. Uh, these dairies can comply with the regulations. They can generate more revenue. And uh, that's, that's a real win for keeping them in business, keeping them progressive. So as you continue to move forward, you're having such a great community impact and allowing producers to have even more of an impact on their surrounding community. Does Moss have any plans in the works or any ideas for continuing that outreach and continuing to impact communities where their digesters and projects are present? Yeah, we're, we're kind of growing in big ways and small. You know, the simplest thing to do is just to keep expanding these original groups. So that original Pixley group, now we're going across the 99 to the east with a new pipeline. And we're trying to get under the high-speed rail under the 43 to the west, south of Corcoran. And, uh, and we just keep expanding to try to add more dairies. Uh, we've also gotten fairly good at trucking biogas. So we have some dairies that are too far away. Uh, to be piped, but we can clean up the gas, put it in a truck and haul it uh, in. And so in that way, each group of dairies we build, we can kind of expand to more of the neighbors. And then of course, just building new standalone groups. So we've got another group uh, over towards Hanford, another one in Riverdale, Fresno County, and another one in Merced. And, and we just keep going uh, to uh, try to just reach as many dairies as can participate in these projects efficiently. You know, it's, uh, it's really becoming a competitive edge for as many dairies as can get to participate. Uh, so uh, whether that's in a pipeline, sometimes it's in a power generating project, sometimes it's in a truck, but one way or another, that's a resource. And we want to work with dairy families to capture that resource. Well, and you kind of talked about, you know, all these new projects. And is there anything else that Moss maybe wants to share with our listeners? Any additional news or things that are upcoming? Uh, I think we'd just like to say that, uh, you know, the industry has become very mature, the dairy biogas industry. It's not just us. There's, there's several other companies that have been very successful in this space, and uh, we're real grateful that it's happened. It seems to me one of those stories that uh, particularly California dairies uh, have led the way. And so if we have a message to people, just we're, we're grateful that the communities embrace this technology and that people have trusted us to uh, help deploy these sites. It's not always easy. But uh, it seems like one of those things that can benefit everybody involved, uh, the neighbors, the farmers, uh, and, and the investors, whoever's involved. And so uh, 
I guess I'd just say thanks for that. And uh, I think we can do well together if, if the industry keeps, um, you know, if we, if we protect ourselves, if we make sure we perform well, uh, whenever there's a big boom, as there is in cow gas right now, there's always the danger of uh, people not performing uh, or things not working out as they plan. But, but I think if people are transparent and we work together, uh, I think we can keep making this a good thing for our, for our industry. Well, and as these projects become more accessible, if some producers that you maybe haven't touched base with or someone who's listening or just really interested in learning more about what you're doing wants to reach out, is there a good way for them to contact you and the team? Sure. Uh, probably our best is uh, just our website, which is masenergy.com. That's M-A-A-S energy.com. And there's lots of contacts on there. You can reach our local folks. Uh, I mean, Martino's in town in, in Visalia there. Uh, and most people uh, have a reference somewhere or another. It's wonderful. It's gotten to the point where we're so active in so many communities. We, we really have got a, a lot of points of contact out there. And we'd love to meet more producers. One of our goals is to keep pushing down the size of dairies that can participate. So initially, it was a very large dairies competed well for grants, etc. Uh, but as we push down the size, if we can get more efficient and, and more diverse, and who we can reach out to, we'd like to get a, a larger and larger percentage of the dairy producers in the state. Well, great. Again, we want to thank you very much for appearing on Seen and Heard this week. And as we wrap up, is there any final thoughts you'd like to add? I know. Thanks, Darby. We just really appreciate uh, Western United Dairies and, and the industry in general for uh, being supportive of dairy biogas. And uh, we're looking forward to working together for a good uh, rest of the year. All right. Well, thanks again. And for our listeners, we'll be sure to link the Moss website in the show notes so you can look for it there. Thanks again. Thank you. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. As we wrap up this week's episode, we want to give a huge thank you to our economist, Tiffany LaMandola from Blimling, Daryl Moss from Moss Energy Works, and our CEO, Anya Radabaugh. Remember that you can reach out to us with questions, comments, or content requests our podcast email is wud.pod at gmail.com. You can reach Melissa at mlema at wudairies.com. And I can be reached at darby at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. Have a great week, everyone. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, 
please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com. Closed. Welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Darby Toth, a technical field services representative with Western United Dairies. And I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services rep. And after almost a month of solo performances and a quick week of vacation, we are back, Darby. Good to see you almost in person over Zoom, I guess. Good to see you too. I was actually giving the little introduction and I was like, wow. I haven't said this in a while and I really hope I don't mess it up. I know I've kind of missed it. It's, it's been a crazy couple of months between vacation times for different folks um, at the company. And um, I had this huge deadline the last couple of weeks. And then we, as a team, um, we talked with Anya and everybody and just decided last week, it was easiest for everybody to go dark so that everyone could enjoy the holidays. So we hope everyone had a great 4th of July um, and had a nice relaxing few weeks of summer so far. We're moving into today's episode with a little bit of heavy, heavy stuff, Darby. Uh, first and foremost, I'm sitting here in the fog, but you definitely are not. The Central Valley is having a hot week and weekend. Yeah, it's going to be, as anybody who lives here knows, it's forecasted to be in the 114, 115s. I was just talking to one of my members yesterday and he's like, I hope it's like last time where they overshot it a little bit, but regardless, it is going to be hot. Yes. And so for those Western members that are listening, you received a heat advisory update from us. Thankfully, um, CDQAP, the Dairy Quality Assurance Program and Dr. Payne put together a really wonderful wealth of resources on what to do for various issues that may come up with heat related problems on the dairy. Um, we can send that out to anyone that needs it. Just let us know. Um, but first and foremost, um, one big thing we're really talking about is rendering. This is the time of year where we seem to see some disruptions in our rendering capacity. And sadly, this is also the time of year where cattle um, sometimes succumb to the heat related issues, especially we're looking at some nights that are not going to cool down very far. So it's a little harder on them for recovery. So should you have an issue, there is a hotline available, please call Darby or I. And we know it's the weekend, but we're here um, and the office has a has an answering service as well. So if you need something and it's an emergency, don't hesitate to reach out. Please stay cool out there. Please drink lots of water and just call us with questions. Yep, and, and I second you that. Too, Darby. <laughs> I'm going to try and sneak away on Saturday up to the foothills to camp a little bit. So I'm hoping we get out of it a tiny bit, but it's still going to be warm everywhere. And so far, rendering has been pretty good. We haven't had any disruptions down here this week, but with this weekend coming up, who knows what's going to happen. So again, reach out to either of us or the office um, if you're experiencing any of those rendering disruptions. Absolutely. And, and with that, we'll move into our episode. We have a really great episode chuck full of updates today because we've missed a couple of weeks. But uh, first and foremost, Tiffany brings us a market update. Lots to talk about in the dairy markets this week. Anya provides us with a quick update on what happened with the QIP referendum, the quota implementation plan. I'm sure everyone has heard by now, but just in case, she's going to provide some extra detail. And then we're going to um, rerun the meet and greet we held yesterday with Aubrey Bentoncourt, who is our awesome 
new director of dairy sustainability for California funded through a partnership with the California Cattle Council. So we're excited to hear a little bit more from Aubrey. Yep, and with that, let's jump right into the episode. Um, I put that whole introduce the webinar thing. We can probably skip that, right? I feel like pro- maybe. Yeah, let's just skip I, Because she introduced, she gets introduced in the webinar, yes. right? Yep. So, yep. okay. Yeah, that's where I started recording halfway through Justin. <laughs> <laughs> On your text. I, saw, I was like, whoops. <laughs> um, okay, we'll just do the closer real quick. All right. Well, as we wrap up this week's episode, like we mentioned before, we've been juggling some vacations, deadlines, and holidays. But again, we're back in action this week. We have some things that you can be looking out for in the upcoming episodes. That includes the NRCS deadline for equip for drought, drought webinars, and again, remember the heat advisory. Yeah, and we're going to have a really action-packed weekly update this week, so look for that to hit your mailboxes on Tuesday. There's a lot going on. As Darby mentioned, that NRCS deadline is this Monday, so if you haven't called NRCS, do it today. Um, It's kind of a fast deadline, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Um, I'd like to see it extended, but I don't think that's going to happen, so call your NRCS office and um, check out our drought webinar, which features some speakers from USDA next week. And if you're still listening, I want to put a plug in. We do have our upcoming Dairy Leaders program deadline approaching us in August. If you have any questions about the program, are interested in being involved, you can check out our website. There's a link there. You can also give me a call or shoot me an email, and I'd be happy to chat with you about it. Yeah, that's shaping up to be a fun program this year. I'm a little jealous that I can't circle back into it again, Darby, but I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun and learn a lot. With that, a huge thanks to Tiffany and Anya for joining us for today's episode, as well as our webinar participants, Aubrey Betancourt, Anya Radova, and the team from the Cattle Council, including Justin Oldfield. Please remember to reach out to us with questions, comments, and content requests. And Darby, how can folks get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us at our um, podcast email, which is wud.pod at gmail.com. They can reach you at mlema at wudairies.com. And I can be reached at darby at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and stay cool. Have a great week, everybody.